A mysterious boom occurred in South Carolina earlier this week, and no one can figure out what caused the curious sound that shook homes and rattled residents. According to a local media report, the powerful blast was heard and felt by people in several communities around the city of uh, Charleston at about uh, 8.40 in the morning on Tuesday. Unlike many such mystery booms, which often go maddeningly Maddingly, 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 that's a hard one, (laughs) undocumented. This particular instance happened to be uh, captured by a doorbell camera. Uh, And uh, however, despite that fortuitous turn of events, the source of the sound has managed to evade authorities as much or as uh, each possible explanation has fallen by the wayside. Incidentally, that um, uh, doorbell camera uh, where the uh, the boom can be heard, you can listen to that and in, in the and watch the video. That's in the carousel up at uh, coast to coast am dot com. Maddeningly, I can't say that word. All right, uh, hey, coming up on uh, coast to coast am tonight in the first half, UFO researcher Grant Cameron joins George Knapp to discuss when it comes to UFOs. Jimmy Carter is a fascinating character and has always been known as the UFO president after declaring, he said, if I become president, I'll make every piece of information this country has about UFO sightings available. He says, I'm convinced that UFOs exist because I've seen one. But did he keep those promises? Cameron will reveal the UFO-related stories Jimmy Carter was involved in when he got to the White House in the second half. American photographer Shannon Taggart has been fascinated with spiritualism, the belief in deceased individuals' ability to communicate with the living since adolescence. Years later, Taggart, then a practicing photojournalist, found herself obsessively drawn to Lilydale, New York, the world's largest spiritualist community. She'll update her journey documenting spiritual communities, spiritualist communities worldwide, and her search for ectoplasm an emanation said to be exercised from the medium's body. That's uh, tonight. That's Sunday night going into Monday morning on Coast to Coast AM with George Knapp. All right, back to more of my conversation with Robert Simmons as we continue to discuss Moldavite, this amazing gemstone. Back with more right here on Coast to Coast AM. And we are back with Robert Simmons as we discuss this amazing gemstone a moldavite, starborn stone of transformation. Um, you tell a story about what happened to you um, when you, uh, I guess you were meditating and you had a piece of, um, you had a, um, a piece of moldavite in your hand. Uh, tell me what happened. Yes. Um, I mean, my wife, Kathy, was sensitive to what she calls and people call the energies of stones, and I wasn't. Um, and I didn't really know if I believed in that sort of thing at all. Um, but she said, Robert, Moldavite's important in your life. You're the one who brought it in. You need to sit and meditate with the Moldavite every day. So I took her advice, and I did that. And I sat there probably six months every morning sitting with a piece of Moldavite in my hand. At first, I used um, two buckets of Moldavite with a hand in each one on the theory that more is better. Um but for quite a long time, I didn't have any noticeable experience. And then there was a particular day um, I, was, I thought to myself, well, today I think I'll just imagine that I'm having an experience since I haven't had any spontaneous ones. So I tried to picture myself floating up out of my body. 
And I felt myself, I could imagine myself kind of rise up out of the top of my own head and look down. And I sort of found my point of view. I could move my point of view up to the ceiling and see myself from above. Uh, and I was holding this big moldavite in my right hand through this whole thing. Uh, then I found myself, I could go up through the roof and I could see the neighborhood. And at that point, um, the experience just took off on its own and I wasn't willing it anymore. I just went up and up and up. Now, I don't mean my body, you know, my body was still in the room and I was still aware that I had a body, but at the same time, on another track of awareness, I was going way up into the stars and looked back, saw the earth, and then went even further, and the earth was not visible anymore, and it was just stars in every direction. Um, and I, I found myself attracted to a particular gold-colored star, so I put my intention on going there. And in just a few minutes, I found that I was near it, and it was a huge golden sun. With um, And around the sun, there were millions of golden orbs that were orbiting it. Like they were quite small, but they looked like replicas of this huge sun. And there was a little thread of gold that was connecting each orb to the sun as they orbited around it. And I found myself in that place. And there was a feeling of reverence, like it was a holy procession or something that was all these golden orbs in adoration around this giant sun. So I was experiencing all this, and I looked down at myself to think, I thought, what do I look like out here? And kind of my point of view looked to where my chest would be and where my heart would be. There was another one of those golden orbs inside me, and it had a thread connecting it to the golden sun. That astonished me. And then in the next moment, a voice from I don't know where said, the light you seek without is identical to the light within you. And in the next moment, back in the room where I was sitting, that moldavite in my hand sizzled as though it was full of electricity or something. And, a, and, a, and an energy uh, went right up my right arm and into my heart. And at that point, Richard, my heart just blossomed open like a, like a big flower, and it was made out of white light. And then as that happened, there was this huge feeling of love and ecstasy. And then it continued with this light going both up and down in my spine, and all the other chakras, all the other energy centers in the body opened up one at a time like flowers of light. And this ecstasy uh, and this holy feeling of divine presence just intensified. Um, so there I sat in that ecstatic state. And Kathy upstairs, getting ready to go to work, felt something happening with me. She came downstairs and saw me across the room. And she said, Robert, you're full of light. And all I could say was, I know. And so we talked, you know, we talked then for a little while, just as I described what had happened, and uh, I sort of came down. It was like, it wasn't, it was like, a, I mean, if people were taking psychedelics, it was almost like that, except I don't take any of those things. 
Um, but it did settle down after a while. Um, and I was able to go to work with her and open up our shop. And um, the amazing thing was that for the first time, when I went into the shop, I could feel the energy of every stone in the store. The whole store was just like an energy field to me when I walked in. And I spent the day on the floor picking up one stone after another and feeling its energy. And I found that I could feel them all and also discern their differences. And that was that, that ability has never left me. It went from no ability at all to an ability to feel the qualities of all the stones just in that one day. Um, and that's this, what led talking. Go ahead. Sorry. About this evolutionary acceleration that we've been discussing. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. what led to my career as a writer about stones and their energies. Does it continue to impact you? Multivite that is in this profound way, or is it more? Is it subsided? Oh, um, Moldavite, I can always feel it. Um, I don't have those experiences every day. You know, that was a big opening, and it changed my whole. I mean, in my view, it changed the energy field that I walk around with. My energy field, because now I'm attuned to things that I couldn't. I wasn't aware of before. Um, it's also made it impossible for me to use a cell phone. I'm too sensitive for that. I can, they make me sick. Um, but um, when I hold a Moldavite or wear a necklace of Moldavite, um, I definitely feel it, and it warms me up. That feeling of heat is one of the most common sensations people report when they hold a Moldavite. They get warm, and sometimes they have a thing called that we've named the Moldavite flush, where there'll be a release at the heart, uh, like mine, but not as you know, not filled with light and all that. And then they'll get hot in their face, and their cheeks will turn red. I've seen this happen many times when the first time people hold a Moldavite. But in answer to your question, yes, you know, it's still a strong energy for me, and I, I can't wear one of those necklaces for very long because um, it's too intense. But, um, you know, that's my sensitivity. Uh, I do think it's very beneficial for people to carry it and wear it. So tell me about these two strange characters. I think you describe them as men in black who came into your shop uh, and started behaving in a very strange manner. Yeah, this is one of the sort of good anecdotes about our, our, our beginning year in, in the Moldavite business and in heaven and earth, our shop. Um, it was the very first Christmas after we were open, and it was probably a few days before Christmas. And it was in the end of the day. It was dark outside. Kathy and I had been working seven days a week. But we were happy because everything was working well. Um, and... Uh, just getting ready to tally up and, and close, and uh, the phone rang. And it was a woman who we didn't know that um, spoke to Kathy and said, out of nowhere, I want you to stop me from committing suicide. I want you to talk me out of it. So Kathy was, like, shaken by that, but she thought, well, you know, somebody wants help. I've got to try. So she waved at me and said, I'm disappointed that she was going in the back room. And she hadn't been in there 10 seconds before the door opened. And these two men in black suits 
walked in. And they were really, really weird. I mean, I, it's, it's hard to explain how and why. The first thing is nobody ever came into our store in a suit, let alone a black suit. And here were two of them. And they proceeded to sort of stride around the place and making crude kind of uh, odd remarks and not talking to me, but talking to each other. So one of them would walk across the room and pick up a beautiful quartz cluster and he would say to his uh, companion, oh, that's the ugliest thing I've ever seen, and then smash it down on the glass. Didn't break it, but it was loud. Um, and then the other one went over to another spot in the store and he picked up this blob of black obsidian and he pointed to it to his friend. He said, well, that's beautiful. Ah, 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 ah. I'm trying to sound like they did. So you get how weird they were. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like they were sent down from central, central casting or something. I mean, you know, I had read about, uh, just a little about this men in black phenomenon that, um, I can't remember the author's name, but he wrote about it quite a bit in the, I believe in the eighties. Um, and they were sort of portrayed in the writing as kind of imitations of human beings that were, you know, nobody really knew whether they had to do with extraterrestrial stuff or whether they had to do with, you know, sinister things that earthlings are doing, but they definitely had a sinister feeling to them. And, when I saw them in the store, I immediately got scared, but I also felt like I had to go right up to them and walk around right next to them so that they wouldn't break something or steal something. And this, this went on for a bit. They finally came around to the jewelry case, and I went behind the counter, and the, the older one pointed. He finally looked at me, and he pointed to the Moldavite, and he said, What's that stuff? And I said, I don't know why I said this, because it came through me, not from me. But it was this sort of a powerful voice coming through me that said, that's Moldavite. You wouldn't be interested in it. And this, this creature or whatever he was kind of went, oh, okay. And the two of them just walked out. The door shut. And seconds after the door shut, um, I went and locked it. And as I was doing that, um, Kathy came out from the back room and she said, it's so weird. I was talking to this woman trying to help her decide not to kill herself. And all of a sudden her whole attitude changed and she just said, oh, thank you very much. Bye bye. And hung up. So it was an anomalous event, you know, and it felt to us as though they were those two things were some connected in a weird way, almost as if they want somebody wanted to separate me and Kathy while whatever shenanigans the men in black were going to pull happened in the front. We don't know. You know, we never saw them again, but it was a very paranormal moment. It seems as if the Moldavites scared them off. It felt like that to me. It felt like when they put their attention on it, and I believe this and still do, that Moldavites' high vibration does not resonate and, and with negativity, it doesn't resonate with darkness. It clears that stuff away. Um, and that not only in that moment, but in, the, in your own energy field or in a space that you might be in, um, it, doesn't, it doesn't pick up things. You know, people who are into crystals as I am now, um, sometimes they say, well, I need to cleanse my crystals energy because it's getting 
clogged up with yuck, you know, polluted energies. But with a moldavite, it never happens. It seems like it has such intensity and such high vibration that it, it can actually clear other stones and it can keep your own energy field clear. So when you own moldavite, is is bigger better in terms of um, all of these uh, attributes and effects, uh, serendipity, uh, good health, prosperity? Oh, yeah. And, you know, I should say about prosperity, in the early days, we were uh, still struggling, you know, to make ends meet. And uh, until Kathy got the idea of taping a little thin moldavite into our checkbook, and after that, we never were short of money. Now, I don't know if that's why, but she did it for that purpose, and that was what happened afterwards. Um, but as far as size goes, Richard, I would say it's kind of like uh, size doesn't matter. It, what matters is your own feeling of connection or uh, attraction to whatever piece you get. And um, when people order Moldavites from us at Heaven and Earth, my own staff is trained to tune into the person and then go feel what stone uh, or what piece of moldavite in this case would be resonating best for them. And, and they've, they've learned to do that. So, but it's a thing about feeling. It isn't like a linear thing, like the bigger the stone, the better the energy or the more the energy. Did I read in the book that uh, Queen Elizabeth II and Winston Churchill were both uh, big fans of moldavite? Yeah, they both had them. Um, Queen Elizabeth had a necklace, I believe, that was made of moldavite gems, and Churchill had a pocket piece. Um, and, you know, I mean, there's a lot of famous, uh, well, there's a fair number of famous people who have gotten moldavite, including the Pope, um, Pope John Paul II, had a moldavite rosary. Um, and there are, there are stories about a moldavite chalice um, that w existed, that was in the Catholic Church, that disappeared sometime in, during World War II. So, you know, it's, it's been known as something that has these qualities and is to be treasured, um, you know, in lots of different times and places. Lawrence Fishburne, uh, the great actor, of course, from uh, The Matrix, uh, also a fan. Did he come into your store or... Uh, uh, more, came to your a trade show. It came to a trade show. Um, we were this was in the '90s, and it was before the Matrix movie was made. But uh, we were at the Tucson Gem and Mineral Show out in Arizona, and we had a booth selling all of our moldavite and other stones and jewelry. And um, yeah, he, sorry, uh, Robert. Uh, pardon the interruption once again. Uh, bottom of the hour break awaits. We'll come back to uh, you. Moldavite, Rob, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, and more in just a moment. Here's Nemesis, I Want to Be Your Right Hand, the stage name of Toronto-based singer-songwriter, fashion model, Nima Hassan. Back with more of my conversation with Robert Simmons and your calls right after these on Coast to Coast AM. We are back with Robert Simmons, live from uh, his home in New Zealand. The book of Moldavite, Starborn Stone of Transformation, is the latest. Uh, let's go west of the Rockies, and Aaron is in Fountain Valley, California. Aaron, good morning. Welcome to Coast. Richard, I love you. Can you hear me? I can, yes. Thank you. Um, anyway, um, God bless. God bless you. 
I wanted to say that for um, Robert, my question is, I recently purchased a ring because I'm listening to you now of the same material. What should I expect if I wear it? All right. So he purchased a ring with Moldavite. He wants to know what the, the beneficial properties and qualities are. That's a good question. And it varies a lot, but there's a common denominator. Um, my way of trying to describe that is the changes or the effects that you may feel are, are tailored to your own, um, to, to you, custom tailored to you for your highest good. So what Moldavite's energy does, in my view, is it just vibrates at this very high level, and your own vibrational field gets into resonance with that when you get around it. And when your vibrational field shifts and comes into resonance with Moldavite, then things start improving in different areas, and they kind of improve where they need to improve because the vibrational shift that happens in you brings that about. So it can be healing. It can be your chakras opening and being activated like happened to me. Um, it can be a flow of abundance when it's needed, like Kathy and I experienced in the early years. Um, it can be uh, the attraction of relationships that will benefit that spiritual purpose that you have. Or it can also be the severing of relationships that hold you back. And that also can be true for jobs. In employment, you can lose the job if it's bad for you, and you can find a new job or, or a profession if that's in line with what your real purpose is. But all of that, I think, comes from the shift in your energy, and that just simply happens because Moldavite is putting out its energy, and you get in resonance with that. All right, so wear that ring, Aaron, and let's see what happens. Good luck. Uh, let's go wild card line, Mayad in New York City. Mayad, good morning. Welcome to Coast. Yes, good morning. Excellent program. Um, Robert, um, I uh, just checked. I, I have a wonderful chakra set, and I have three stones. And with the uh, the Chinese are so clever, they also package a very unique pendulum and i check one of the stones and it says yes for molding uh right and um i i might have said that wrong i'm a little tired here but my main question is um is i, I looked up um i'm reading ted andrew's book healing with color and he deals a lot on the chakras so i'd like you to say more because when you mentioned the green I went to that color in his beginning of his book, and he says that's very good for the heart chakra to balance and to um, to heal, you know, with any heart problems or blood pressure type problems. So I'd like you to um, to uh, comment on the use of it with chakras and um, what other stone could possibly, let's say you don't have a pendulum or you don't know, the pendulum dowsing, what other stones could be confused with, um, you know, Moldavite. greenish transparent type type uh, quartz? And I, I'll listen over the air. Thank you. Thank you, Mayat. Okay, so Moldavite for the heart chakra, Robert. Yes, 
and actually your caller was right on the money about that. Moldavite resonates most strongly with the heart. And the green color, your caller's right, is the one that is associated in color therapy with the heart. So that's all correct. And that Moldavite flush that I mentioned that people get, it starts in the heart. It's the, the physical heart resonating with the Moldavite energy, and then it sends a bunch of blood up to your face. That's where we get the flush. So, But that's coming from the heart. It, it's uh, sometimes even if you get a Moldavite and you hold it up to your chest, to that chakra, um, your heart will uh, beat a little differently for a moment. And I compare that to a dog wagging its tail because it seems like the heart is happy to be near that energy. Um, but it's, uh, you know, the, the heart is perfect for that and Moldavite is best centered there. We have an intelligence in the heart as well that Moldavite tends to resonate with and activate. You know the phrase, I know it in my heart. Um, that heart knowing becomes stronger for many people who wear Moldavite. Um, so I can say that about it. And as to the other stone, like if something could be confused with Moldavite, um, there, there isn't really anything else that looks like it, although there are some uh, counterfeits out in the marketplace now because Moldavite's become so popular that some some folks are um, trying to sell fake ones. Hmm. All right. So be on the watch for that. Uh, let's say hi to Mark is in Oregon. Mark, good morning. Good evening, Richard. Congratulations on your bumper music. One of my favorite songs, Crazy in the Night. There you um, go. Team Noise tearing it up. I was at the Dallas tonight. I did not go inside. I was I was the major conspiracy or conspiracy major as they call me, and manipulating <laughs> the crowd. But anyways, on your guest, I am a practicing Christian alchemist. I got a bag of stones right before your show started, and I let people pick into my bag and pick the stones they're balanced with. If they want to purchase it, it's fifty cents a gram. But I lost the Moldavite years ago, and I'm wondering how to get it back as one who's produced the Philosopher's Stone. I need to get that Moldavite path back. Well, it may come back to you. They have a way of doing that, don't they, Robert? Yeah, that's that's a nice topic. Um, Moldavite, among all the stones I've ever known, has got this particular peculiar quality of sometimes disappearing and reappearing. And this is something that I've experienced many times myself. Put the Moldavite down on the dresser. Think if I know it's there, then go to get it the next day, it's gone. I might find it two weeks later in the house plant. That actually happened. Um, and I even had, I mean, this happened multiple times to me in all these different unlikely ways. Once my missing Moldavite showed up inside our safe, inside our cash pouch, um, on, as I was speaking to a woman who had just had hers disappear. And it's, you know, mine was gone at that time. I said, well, mine's on sabbatical, but I expect it back soon. And sure enough, right in that same conversation, Kathy was open and safe, and there was my Moldavite. It had done a Houdini. But it's interesting. Other people report that. In the, in the book of Moldavite, there are letters in the back of the book from a whole lot of people who have shared their experiences. And a number of them talk about this disappearing and reappearing. It does tend to come back. I had one that was gone, the one I was holding earlier that I was describing, disappeared for 14 years, 
and then eventually showed up in a pair of pants that I'd never had on, still had the labels on it. So crazy stuff. There's a trickster quality to it. And, you know, people who are into the UFO thing may know that uh, the name John Mack, uh, who mm-hmm. studied UFO abduction, um, I got to know John a little bit because he became interested in Moldavite. And he and the people around him started noticing this disappearing, reappearing phenomenon. And one of the plans he had before he died was to study and write about that. Wow. <laughs> That's remarkable. Remarkable. Uh, east of the Rockies, Jersey Doug from New Jersey. Where else? Hey, Jersey Doug, how are you? Good evening. How's everything? Terrific. Thank you. How are you? Glad to hear that. It's, good. it's been a while since we spoke. Uh, yes. Yeah, I'd like to ask your guest. Uh, I have a friend of mine who has, uh, well, it was given to him as a gift, what they call an abundance stone. And uh, he's never been one to believe in much stuff like that or nothing, you know, the magnet bracelets or anything of that sort. But uh, he swears that ever since he got this thing, things have been, uh, you know, coming in his favor. He says, uh, the person who gave it to me, he's a good friend of mine that I work with, he just told me that, Every once in a while, you know, you hold that stone in your hand and you try to reflect into it what you want reflected back. And, you know, you think about the things that you want and need. And these is not necessarily of, of monetary value, but, you know, things that, you know, maybe uh, help out in a relationship or something along those ways. And uh, he says that uh, it, it, it does work for him. And, and I was curious if your guest is familiar with the Abundance Stone. And if so... What what a what I have a I have a quartz necklace and I, I know what quartz is but what what is the abundant stone made of is that a, a you know like some sort of pyrite or or something along those lines or all right and, great uh, question Jersey also, Doug the abundant stone uh, what what do you know Robert well um, I mean first of all that name is something that I don't know a, a particular mineral that corresponds to that name that that's probably you know, somebody's given it that name because they believe it has that effect and it's, it's got a mineral name too, but I don't know it. But I will say this, uh, just in a sort of a bigger answer to the question, um, you know, since Moldavite woke me up and I could start feeling the energies of stones, I've written several other books about stones. There's one that's an encyclopedia of the whole mineral kingdom called the Book of Stones. And that has an index that talks about all the different things that you would be looking for stones for, all the different qualities you would be seeking to find something to help with. And, of course, among those is abundance. So if people are looking for that, you know, in a book like mine, you can find that, and then you can try the stones that attract you or the stone that attracts you for the purpose that you're looking for. And also, in terms of working with stones, my other book, The Alchemy of Stones, I noticed you had an alchemist call a minute ago, um, is a real good guide, as best I can offer, um, for the underlying um, energies and also intelligences that we're actually dealing with when we work with stones. You know, in my view, there's an all-pervading intelligence that is in every particle of matter, and it has individualized qualities in different manifestations, and stones are among those. So. The reason why stones have different qualities is that they each sort of constellate a different um, set of traits out of that all-pervading intelligence. So you can call right. that in with your intention, which is sort of my answer to your caller. You can you can 
point your intention. You can listen for your inner guidance. And if you want a stone to be your ally in that, you know, look and you'll find it. Jersey Doug, thanks for the call. Uh, let's go to Charlotte, North Carolina. Ed is on the line. Ed, welcome to Coast. Well, impressed with your knowledge, Richard, in the first interview with your background. You knew a lot about all that, too, yourself. Uh, well, thank and you. always you do on all these subjects. And I'm interested in, since you have felt energy in all these other uh, minerals, <clears throat> quartz has a, a piezoelectric. It's utilized uh, for, like, the largest radio station in the world. You've heard of quartz crystal uh, watches. And so it has, and as a Cub Scout or something, you get a little quartz and some wires and a transistor or something, and you can pick up radios, you know, make a radio right out of that. Uh, I'm wondering if you can, and I think, I want to ask you this. Do you, I think rocks have consciousness because... I think everything does. I think they just uh, sit there for a million years because they're happy in that that state, and you know they don't change like we do so quickly. It's, they're very long term, uh, and I'd like your comments on all that. All right, uh, quartz crystals for use in radios. Um, I guess that's just kind of a comment. Does um, does does uh, the moldavite have any kind of what do they call that plesioelectric electrical quality? Um, Moldavite doesn't, but a lot of crystals do. And he, your caller's right that quartz does. And that's a physical example of something that's analogous to the energies that we feel from crystals. I don't think that any of the stone energies are actually um, electromagnetic, like the piezoelectric energy is. I think they operate on a higher vibrational level that has to do with consciousness. And your caller put his finger right on my favorite topic, um, when he said he believes that stones have consciousness and that everything does. Um, there's, a, there's a philosophy called panpsychism, which means soul everywhere. Um, that is, uh, I devote a whole chapter to that in the Alchemy Stone book. Um, I believe that the stones, I view the stones, each kind of stone on the inner level as a being, and I liken them to an angel. Um, you know, just as a quartz crystal will vibrate and hold a vibration if it's programmed with it practically forever, you know, the angels, as we view them from uh, spiritual traditions, are the messengers of the divine, and they're the faithful messengers that always carry whatever the divine message is, no deviation. Just like that quartz crystal will vibrate forever at whatever frequency you set it. And it's interesting to me if when you go in inward in meditation, if you go with the openness to meet a stone as a being, very frequently you will, and it's a, it's a much richer relationship than if you just view the stone as a thing that emanates a vibration. So I encourage that, and I practice it. All right. Thanks for the call, Ed. Good question. Um, very. I just have about a minute, less than a minute here. Um, and I have the the copy of the book right in front of me here, and there are some uh, amazing photographs of Moldavite. And I don't know what's going on here, but when I close my eyes, just uh, like blinking, I'm getting um, images from nature. Uh, I don't know why, but just the most vivid uh, images of, you know, tree branches and, and um, um, I don't know, rock formations and it, does even having a picture of Moldavite have some kind of an effect? Absolutely.
Absolutely, Richard, it does. And not only moldavite, other stones as well, you can tap into their energy frequencies through a photograph. Moldavite is one of the easiest ones to feel, either when you hold it physically or through a picture. And I don't doubt that what's going on as you are looking at the pictures of Moldavite is there's a kind of a opening of your inner vision. Um, you might even feel something up in the third eye chakra. Um, but if you're seeing things, that third eye is operating anyway, at least in my view. So oh, remarkable. To me that, yeah. Robert, how do we find out more? Give us a website. Um, my website is, is uh, heavenandearthjewelry.com. Heaven and Earth Jewelry is all spelled out as one word. Um, and if you go there, you can, you can ask for our catalog and peruse the website. You can see all my books. And uh, there's a lot of information about stones that's on the website that's all free, too. Fantastic. Robert, thank you so much for this. I learned a lot. Thank you, Richard. It's a privilege to be with you. I thank you very much. All right. For George Norrie, George Knapp, Lisa Lyons, Stephanie Smith, Tom Danheiser, Dan Galanti, Michael Cozio, Donna Walker, Chris Boros, Tim Banal, Ryan Stacey, and in Brantford, Ontario, Scott Park. I'm Richard Serrett. Thank you for your ears and your voices, your beautiful voices. Until next time. So long for now.